0: all right everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff Bluck podcast i'm your host jeff Bluck, and i'm here at talladega super speedway with aaron bearden the pun master himself is joining me on the podcast this week um, you know and it's kind of funny speaking of funny not your your puns are not funny I guess but um, oh wow bad I had like Four people at the tweet up today tell me they liked him. So okay, I think so there might be a good one in, in there like every them. now okay, and again. Okay, okay. I was just bagging on him right away. <laughs> I was just giving you some crap. But uh, speaking of <sighs> funny is what I was going to say is that uh, I have no idea what you even thought of this race at all. I haven't even seen you since the race ended because I assume you must have gone to the, uh, the media bullpen on pit road. I went to the care center after the Larson flip. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know half of what people said out on pit road. Uh, we've just finished the Winter Press Conference here in the Media Center. Still kind of digesting everything, but let's just start in general. Um, let's share our thoughts on the race. So what did you think of today's race at Talladega? So overall, I mean, I was really impressed. I thought it was –
1: personally, actually, it kind of reminded me of, like, the old school when I was a kid watching in, like, 1999, 2000 when you had, like, Mike Skinner and Dale Earnhardt and all those guys racing where, like, you had guys that could lead – And they would lead for stretches of time, but you could always kind of get a run and find a way around them if you timed it right, it seemed like. And that was kind of what some drivers predicted we would get going into this, was that, like, early 2000s package. And I don't think it was, like, perfectly that, but it was pretty close to that, where you'd see guys, you could lead for stints at a time, and it seemed like the bottom lane in particular was really good at certain stretches. But if you had a big enough push from the guys behind you, you could always get that run and try to find a way around them. Like, even at the end, you know, I think... A year ago at this time, if Joey Logano's coming to the lead on the restart and he gets a lead on a restart, I feel like is probably going to be able to hold on to that, manage the lead and win the race, whereas today they found a way around him. So I just thought it was really entertaining, man. That's probably the best race I've seen at Talladega in 20 years, maybe? Wow. maybe longer? I don't know. Best I can remember
0: yeah well i have uh similar thoughts to you actually because i was sitting up in the press box and i was thinking this kind of reminds me of like the 2000s restrictor plate races and obviously those had gone away uh in recent years you'd had the sort of block and defend type package um before that i mean there was tandems and there's been all these variations of it with with each package comes different variations but uh, for whatever reason, this package seemed to work out quite well uh, to put on a good race. I was very nervous going into it that it was going to be very treacherous and the runs were going to be too huge and people are going to get run over and all that stuff. But for the most part, um, you know, I, I think they raced it, it, it raced well, it wasn't overly dangerous. You know, it wasn't like, um, although Larson's wreck at the end, there could have been really bad Yeah, uh, if he had sailed over that wall he could have gone through the fence and into the infield really, instead of hitting that wall and doing flips. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think it it was really entertaining. I definitely think it was the best, um, the best plate race, even including Daytona, uh, that I've seen in in quite a few years, to be honest with you, just because of the way it raced from start to finish. Now I wish it would have not ended under caution, but they have to throw a caution there at the end. Right.
1: Yeah. That, Wreck. I didn't So I didn't see it very well when it first happened. That's why I just went straight to Pitt Road. I wasn't even worried about it. And then I got back actually to the media center and saw the little tweet of the replay from Fox. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to watch this replay and see what happened. I, I like kind of jumped in my chair a little bit. That was very terrifying and we were a couple feet away from that being really nasty potentially and possibly even i mean really overshadowing the race so i'm glad well yeah i'm really glad that it didn't end up being as bad as it could have been i don't know what you were there with larson and the, the uh, area do you know what he
0: said yeah um he said it was scary he didn't know when it was going to end uh you know he he didn't really the, the scary part i think for him was that he said his car flipped over. Um, without being touched by jeffrey Earnhardt. now when you look at the replay though he did get doored by william byron so it could have been potentially damaged when he was sliding that the air got up under there that's probably what it was because otherwise he was just sliding sideways and all of a sudden his car just goes over goes airborne um but you know i i think that like i was kind of similar to you i was about to run out to pit road i saw the the crash you know at the race ends I'm about to run out to Pit Road and on my way out I see a monitor and I see a flipping car and I'm like, Oh, I better go to the care center instead of Pit Road. So I missed uh I missed what was said by the top ten finishers in the new media bullpen. Any any highlights uh from what those guys had to say, whether it's Logano or anything? A lot of happy Chevy drivers. Uh, I bet, yeah.
1: <laughs> they were really pumped because they worked together so well. They had six of the top ten, if the results hold. I mean, I don't know if we've had official results yet. But assuming it holds, it's got six of the top ten. Uh, Ford guys and the Toyota guys were all kind of in the, I guess, same feeling of like, well, we just kind of odd men out at the end. Like, even Logano was kind of saying, like, they shuffled out the teammates and guys I had behind me there at the end. I knew He knew he kind of didn't have a great shot to hold on to it with the way this package is, so – really Chevrolet, whatever their little meeting was and whatever game plan they set, it worked out really well for them.
0: Yeah. It sounded like they had multiple meetings. Um, and they really, really emphasized, I mean, Alan Gustafson, Alan Gustafson even said in the, in the post-race thing here, um, that there was guidelines set out by Chevrolet. I imagine (laughs) I I'm just reading in between the lines here and we didn't get to talk to Jim Campbell or anybody from, from Chevy yet, but I'm imagining guidelines mean don't push a Toyota or Ford to the wind. Like you will work with the Chevy. Does everybody understand that? You know what I mean? And they stuck to it. Um, And, you know, the power to them because, you know, the Toyotas did it first a couple years ago. The Fords made it work for them. The Chevys, based on their alliances, I mean, they have, you know, they have two different engine suppliers. And we got to the point where um, Hendrick worked with Gibbs in the Daytona 500 and not even working with Chevrolets. And I think that, That Chevrolet as a manufacturer said, okay, we're going to come in now and that's not going to happen. You will work with other Chevrolets. So they all pitted together. They all stuck together on the line. Um, Yeah, and it, it paid off for them. Yeah, in a big way and in a much needed way. I was doing my little research
1: going in this week and realized they hadn't had a winless streak last this long since I think, 1992. Wow. Back when Dale Sr. won, I think, Charlotte in the middle of May to finally break the streak. And if it would have gone past this, they wouldn't have had a streak of 10-plus races since, I think, 1971. Took them 28 for Charlie Glotzbach to get a win, I think. So, I mean, this was, at least for my lifetime, something I'd never seen Right? Chevy go this long. So this was a win they really needed, and you could kind of feel that team mentality from them and, their synergy throughout the whole race just seemed to work out really well for them. And it, it didn't always have them at the front. There were parts even there in the last 20, 25 laps where you looked and it was mostly, you know, Penske and Stuart Haas and Gibbs, but they just worked so well together. And I even noticed it in the little things like... In the middle of the race, I heard Brad Keselowski come on his radio, and he was talking about how well the Chevy drivers had gotten on and off pit road together and how well they'd worked, and he was talking about how Ford hadn't done it as smoothly, and it was kind of frustrating him, I could tell. So yeah, they just executed perfectly all day, and finally we got a guy in victory lane.
0: Yeah. By the way, uh, before we go on too much farther, I do want to mention, just jumping back real quick. Um, the, the caution we were talking about at the end there, Mm uh, according to Bob's Twitter account. Now I didn't get this from NASCAR, but Bob must've asked somebody, uh, they claim NASCAR claims that they threw the caution for Stenhouse. Uh, really? That's what they say. So it was uh, obviously they thought about it for quite a while, um, because he wrecked coming to the white. I mean, it was almost like right when they took the white, he wrecked. Um, by the way, he said at the, at the medical center, he blew a tire. And, uh, apparently he had a tire rub unbeknownst to him. But when Larson got to the medical center, he said, Hey, you had a tire rub. So, uh, he's like, Oh really? So, um, yeah, he had a tire going down or, you know, starting to, starting to go down and then it blew Mm -hmm. and he hit the wall hard. Um, and, but they didn't throw the caution and and Stenhouse said, well, I just stayed buckled in in case they didn't throw it. I guess maybe according to NASCAR right at the time that they decided to throw it. That's right. When the, um, Reagan Byron thing happened but it uh, seems like a very coincidental timing if that wasn't what the caution was for but that's what they said according to bob so i just want to really yeah
1: that's well when it first happened okay so it happened clear down by the start finish line right and i didn't know if there was any debris or anything from it they cut away from it so quickly where we we're at in the media center i couldn't tell what was going on i was kind of hoping he was going to keep going and kind of get down off the track but what i in that initial moment what i assumed they were probably doing when they didn't immediately throw it was they were going to let him get around to like three four maybe come onto the front stretch and if there's something in the way then throw it but at least then you gave him a chance but if they threw it in the middle of the back stretch i mean i guess it's fine it just seems kind of peculiar and maybe good for them in a sense that the actual well not good but good that an actual wreck happened right there anyway, where it kind of covers up. what would have otherwise kind of been a strangely timed caution.
0: You're right. Yeah. I guess if the Byron Reagan thing and then Larson, Jeffrey and all that stuff hadn't happened, everybody'd be like, uh, that's weird. Like you're throwing a caution for that now. Like you, like you said, you would have thought that they would let it play out. If they're not going to throw it right away, let it play out until they're maybe coming onto the front stretch again. Because then, They'd say, "Okay, all right, that's it. We want we want the cars to be backing down by the time they reach him, if they thought he was in a vulnerable position." Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's I don't know. I was a little bit surprised by that as well. But um, anyway, uh, does this mean anything to you in in terms of Chase Elliott, the driver, Chase Elliott, the NASCAR hero that he is? Got a big <laughs> ovation from the fans. Um, you know, it's it's kind of weird. I, I don't know how to describe this, but when Chase Elliott wins a race. I more recognize it. Like I go to, I say to myself, well, this is really good because people really like him and it's good for the sport. But you know, I guess for me, it doesn't really like, I don't see it the same way. Like a Dale jr. win would move the needle. Does that make sense? Like I felt like even though it's really positive cheers and even though people are like, like, you know, yeah, Chase is like the next guy. Mm -hmm. I don't, I still don't view it the same way as like, When Junior would win, it really seemed to move the needle nationally and you'd get some attention. I just don't – I'm not sure I see that yet from Chase. Now it's only his, what, fourth career win or something, right? But Am I wrong about that? Uh, No, I don't really
1: think so. I mean, I think he's definitely showing the progression. He's got four wins on four different types of tracks now in the last year. and He's doing all the little things right now. They finally started to kind of tick those boxes, but – you know when he when he wins the the racing community like the NASCAR community they eat it up they right. seem to they really love it you know it's a popular name like today first time an Elliott's won at Talladega since like 1987 big big deal for all the people around here especially so close to Dawsonville but right. I don't see like you know when dale jr won or when there was a big moment with him you'd see it pop up all over the place it could be on like just standard newscasts and that might have just been a part of the product one of the unfortunate events that kind of surrounded his early rise to prominence and then also to the popularity of the sport and how it was booming at the time i don't know how much that factors in versus now but i do kind of have the same thing where like so when he won at watkins Glen last year i remember thinking like this is a huge deal and then like a week later, I was hanging out with some friends who aren't in racing and everything, and they they had no idea. Yeah. Like, they just, they're like, I mean, they know who Chase Elliott is because they've heard the name a couple of times, but they didn't know he had won a race or anything notable would happen with him. So, I definitely think you're right to a sense that he hasn't quite had that major crossover yet, and I don't know if maybe a championship would push him closer to that or Yeah, what he's going to have to win
0: a lot more probably, but... You know, it definitely, definitely, definitely excites the racing community, like you said. And, and the fans were really into it afterwards. I mean, very loudly cheering his every move. And, you know, he's waving his arms at the crowd. And he said afterwards he felt like he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. And it was just such a cool feeling. And um you could really sense that. All right. Here's here's speaking of Chevy and all this stuff like Brendan gone. Every time he shows up, if it, usually it's just in a plate race, right? Lately. He, that's all he does. He shows up, he runs a plate race and he like gets a top 10. I feel like consistently he finished eighth. What, how does he do this? How come nobody else can do this? Gone with the wind. Uh, he's oh, he's just. Oh, there's our first pun, everybody. I mean,
1: it's drafting. It's wind. I had to do at least one. No, bring them on. i the people are going to be tuning in for the puns So. <laughs> I had to do at least one. I actually had somebody DM me with a request that I put at least one on here. So yeah, exactly. I had people tweeting me saying, "Well, if Aaron's going to be on, I hope there's going to be some puns." <laughs> yeah. So I snuck at least one in, but yeah, gone man. He just he seems to just play it safe early on, kind of rides around. Then the end of the race comes, and you don't you don't think anything of it. You're watching the battle at the front, and then they'll cross the line. and You'll look be looking at the top ten and be like, "Does that say 62?" Like an eight? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, sure enough, he comes through, snags another top ten, comes out, has his kind of top his driver's suit kind of loosened up. He's kind of hanging out, having fun in the bullpen. He made some funny crack about how we always knew Ryan Newman had nuts, but now he's got acorns or something like that. Just, <laughs> I totally lost it in the bullpen. But yeah, man, I mean, it's you never know really what to take from it, other than Brendan Gong can be sneakily good sometimes and
0: kind of yeah, it's great. He's a good. I was going to say plate racer. Restrictor plate racer. I probably have already said that in the podcast and didn't even pick up on it. But super speedway racer. Obviously, you don't need restrictor plates to make a good super speedway race anymore. Um, Ryan Priest finished third. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Daniel Hemrick finally got uh, a decent finish. He finished fifth. Um, So, positive. I mean... uh, Good day
1: for Chevrolet. like I said, overall. Hemrick kind of, I guess, redeemed himself. Remember, he had that race at Atlanta, I think it was. He was going to finish top five and dropped out, and they've been... Trying to get back to that ever since. Priest, good at a – well, not a restrictor plate now, but good at another super speedway. Bowman really needed that runner-up run, even though he didn't get the win. So probably frustrated. I think he finished second in everything. I think he was second in both stages and the race.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that.
1: That's probably frustrating, but he's on the right side of the playoff grid, I think, now. He's definitely around 15th or 16th, so good for him. Yeah, just – for most of Chevy, don't throw, I guess, Larson or Jimmy Johnson in there, but for most of Chevrolet, this was a good day.
0: Yeah. By the way, I mean, speaking of not good day, and this is a Chevy-related, Bubba Wallace. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. I mean, he says all weekend, you know, this is I, I have four chances to win all year. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're going to really, you know, he's going to run up front, take it, you know, put a lot of emphasis on it. Uh, just doesn't work out. And, and then... He not only, you know, he takes out Harvick with him, he takes out McDowell with him, Hamlin gets damaged from it. So that instance right there, I mean, that really took out four drivers who you could have thought would have had a decent chance to win the race.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, like, in terms of guys who had the upset potential for, like, a a David Reagan 2013-like run, you think of guys like front row, like McDowell qualified. Well, Reagan was running well at one point in this race, and I kind of thought of Bubba, too, because he can be so aggressive and kind of find ways to work his way up there, but when you drop out that early, it kind of kills all chances for that, so it's unfortunate they got, what, really one more decent shot at Daytona, I guess. We'll see how that works with this package, but I mean, if you're somebody who's 20th or further back, you don't have a lot of opportunities to make moments like that happen. So definitely when you crash out early in a race like this, I'm sure it's got to be bittersweet.
0: Would you make any changes if you were NASCAR to this uh, package before... Like a spoiler or anything before uh, Daytona. So we asked
1: a couple people about that. The one that stuck out to me is Joey Logano. He was like, "If you don't like that, I don't. I don't know what we can do for you." Basically, like that was he thought that was like more or less a perfect package from what he said. The only thing that makes me nervous is that the wreck at the end. We need yeah. to figure out what happened with Larson. If That was because of damage or anything like that. We have to make sure. Because I think that was the thing a lot of people were nervous about going into. Ryan Newman in particular was outspoken about with the speeds going up a little bit and what the potential was for a car to get airborne. So, obviously, we need to make sure we're not doing too much of that. But overall, man, I mean, I didn't have too much to complain about with this. Yeah. It was a great race.
0: No, I was I was very pleased, uh, very entertained. And if they, if they wanted to keep it like this going forward, I think that would be a great decision. I mean, um, hopefully... You know, hopefully Daytona would race like this. Um, But yeah, I mean, if anything that gets closer to 90s, 2000s, plate racing, I think is what people were really wanted, obviously, without the serious injuries or death. But I think the cars are safer now, hopefully for the most part. So as long as they can keep them on the ground, that's that's the big key, as you said. So uh, do you think other people will like this race? What do you think the was it a good race poll will be tomorrow? (laughs) Can I plug my own Twitter handle with my what-was-it-a-good-race poll answer?
1: Aaron Bearden93.
0: Oh, okay. I see what we you had, did there.
1: We had a great race. It kind of harkened back to old-school plate racing. You have what I believe is the sport's most popular driver at the moment winning the race. People went nuts. A couple wrecks, but nope, not too many people saw their guy taken out early. I think the, the safety thing might push a couple people off, and some people just don't like plate racing, so you might get a couple notes for that, too, or I, can't, I keep calling a plate race. I know. I wasn't going to correct man. you. But overall, man, good race. I'm going
0: to plug my own name. I'm going to give it a 93. So Aaron Bearden, 93, says it's going to be 93. Um, I was thinking 90 before the podcast. Um, it's very hard once you get into the 90s to get that high. I think the all-time is 95%, all-time uh, number one. But the all-time restrictor plate, I say all-time. This poll's only been going on since 2016. So um, this is the the fourth Season of it, but um, since 2016, the number one rated plate race was the 2017 Talladega Spring Race won by Stenhouse. That got 88%. So I do think this will surpass that. I think this will get 90%. I think that people may be turned off by the caution at the end. They want to see it finish under green, and some people may mark down for that. But otherwise, uh, most sane NASCAR fans (laughs) who watch that race are going to the majority of them are going to say, wow, I was, I liked that race. That was a good race. So they're going to vote. Yes. Is my guess. And it will be, I think it will be in the nineties. Um, you might be, you might be close to your 93. Um, but I'll say 90 just because I think you, you could have some people for whatever reason, it's whether it's a, I don't like plate racing. Well, again, plate, I keep saying plate, but you know what I mean? <laughs> or I don't like that it finished under caution. One of those factors could, could cause them to vote it down. So, um, Aaron, uh, what are you up to? I mean, maybe some people don't subscribe to your uh, newsletter or check out your website. So, can you tell us uh, what what you're doing?
1: Well, I feel like I'm finally back on the Motorsports Beat. Uh, I launched my own outlet site, whatever you want to call it, this past past January, actually, right before the Chili Bowl. It's called Motorsports Beat. I'm trying to grow it into something. We have a daily newsletter. It's called The Morning Warm-Up. I was already starting to write it when you pulled me for this podcast because you've always got to drive through the night, and I'm worried I won't get home in time to write it after I get home. Oof, wow. So yeah I kind of, i'm I'm kind of crazy on this whole thing in terms of travel but yeah i do that uh, I, I post it every day on the website along with it It goes out an email at 6 a.m i try to post on the website at 8 a.m if you want to subscribe to it there's a link at the bottom of the website version every day so just check out a website version see if you like it and then if you do feel free to subscribe to it and then also linked in there is a patreon account i'm not going to name the guy I got that idea from. I (laughs) I don't think anybody in NASCAR has done that before. But um, uh, yeah, if you guys want to support me, don't feel obligated at all. But I have a link for Motorsports Beat on that. And we have like, I have some goals I want to build toward with this. And I want to grow it into something. So every dollar helps. And I put I try to put 25% of it back into the community through supporting other people as well.
0: That's really cool. Well, I mean, you know, not to totally just plug your thing here, uh, over the top. But I mean, if, if you're not subscribing to Aaron's daily newsletter, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's free. First of all, um, like he said, he sends it out every single day. It hits your, your email inbox at 6am. So there's no ads in it. Uh, it's up to you whether you want to support him after you read it for a while or not. But he, Aaron does this amazing job of compiling news from, all over motorsports Mm -hmm. you know nascar articles indycar f1 uh formula e like dirt stuff i mean everywhere there's racing aaron is scouring the web it's it's like j ski in your inbox Mm -hmm. except for all motorsports so you know you have to go search for it it comes to your email every single day right on time and uh again it's free so what do you say go to motorsportsbeat.com and it's the links at the bottom Yes, sir. That's that's yeah. the
1: easiest way I can tell people, because then you can kind of check it out and see if you like it. And there's a link yeah. at the bottom I post it every day on there. So I mean, you can Let's always unsubscribe
0: if you don't like it. It's, again, free newsletter, free news <laughs> that he's just doing because he likes to inform people. Yes,
1: and also feel free to follow me and or unfollow me on Twitter <laughs> at Aaron 93 am I free to
0: unfollow you at Aaron 93 I mean,
1: if you feel so inclined, I... <laughs>
0: I would hope you wouldn't, but okay. if the,
1: if the puns have finally become too much, to you only to bear. dropped
0: one pun. I was all geared up for this podcast to be pun-filled, and now I feel like I discouraged you at the beginning by by giving you a hard time. Well,
1: I already dropped the orange you glad thing for Daniel Suarez earlier today. I already did the Toco. I guess I could say I don't want. Or is it Taco? However you say, Boyer sponsors. I think it was
0: Toco. Yeah.
1: So I may, maybe I just don't want to talk about any more puns, Jeff. Well,
0: <laughs> we could just. We'll just end on that note. Everybody, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.